Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 126 of the Layover Live podcast. I'm Jason Swick, VP of Digital Marketing at SimpleView. On this episode of the Layover Live podcast, Steve Paganelli, Group Head of Destination Marketing at TripAdvisor, stops by to share his thoughts on the road to recovery for the travel industry. Steve and I discuss their recent COVID-19 travel study, their five phases of recovery, what role they feel destinations play in recovery, and their new Travel Safe initiative. Hope you enjoy. Each week, the smartest and brightest destination marketers from all over the world talk about the latest trends, happenings, and challenges that affect the travel and tourism industry today. Digital marketing executives, CMOs, and leaders from DMOs of all shapes and sizes share their insights and stories to help you become the best marketer you can be. This is The Layover Live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 126 of The Layover Live, where we bring you the top article from The Layover each week. I'm Jason Swick, VP of Digital Marketing, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Steve Paganelli from TripAdvisor. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Yeah, super happy to have you here as well. Um, as you're, I know you're a big face in the industry, and it's no coincidence, coincidence rather that we have you on the show. As today, our article of the week comes from Focuswire, which is about TripAdvisor's travel safe tool, which we're going to get to in a little bit later. But uh, as you guys know, uh, as we continue uh, at, towards talking about recovery on this episode, we're going to keep the discussion going uh, moving forward as recovery has started to slow a little bit with everything that's happening with COVID as of late, but it's still an important topic. Now, over the past several weeks, we've had a number of guests share their various perspectives. We've had DMOs on like Fort Worth and Traverse. We've also had data providers on like Arrivalist and Destination Analyst to talk about their thoughts on recovery. And we've even had our friends at Google come on and talk a little bit about their approach to recovery. But today we're going to talk to one of the biggest companies in the travel space, and that's TripAdvisor. And with that, I'm very excited to have Steve Paganelli, Group Head of Destination Marketing at TripAdvisor. So Steve, for those uh, out there that maybe uh, aren't familiar with you, maybe give a little background on yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, so as you mentioned, I, I run the, the Destination Marketing team for the Americas at TripAdvisor. Uh, my team has the pleasure of working with destinations really across the globe, but, but specifically those that are based in the Americas um, or have a presence in the Americas. Um, and my background is... Uh, I'm happy to say almost entirely DMO related. Uh, spent about 13 years leading DMOs before launching a DMO division for a digital agency and then and then moving out to TripAdvisor. Yeah, I was about to say, for the most part, um, unless you've been living under a rock, you, you don't know Steve, right? So uh, for those few people, Steve, I, th- I appreciate that introduction. But I want to really kind of like hop right into it um, and really talk about uh, your guys' recent COVID-19 uh, travel study. Um, I really like this report and the fact that it provides really you know, two key data sources, uh, those around quantitative research and those around site behavioral data, which is kind of nice as well. So I'm um, going to turn it over to you and really just ask you, you know, what were some of the findings of the study? Yeah. And thank you for pointing that out, because I think it's one of the unique aspects of this that, that you know, we, we looked at that on-site behavior. We, we also, so sort of what people were actually doing and then really married that with what they were telling us through traditional surveys. Um, and then actually added a third element, which is looking at the conversations that travelers are having within our forums. So, so really layering in these three sources. Um, and it's, uh, as you can imagine, I mean, we've, we've been doing this since the start of the pandemic, um, a massive amount of sort of data and insights and, and the ability to kind of look at how those things have shifted. One of the things that hasn't shifted that I think is, is terrific for all of us in the destination marketing space is that travelers have consistently remained excited about travel. 
Um, throughout this pandemic, they have um, consistently indicated that they're looking forward to that first trip um, post-COVID, however you want to define post-COVID. Um, and almost 70% of them are thinking about where they will go, even though they can't go right now. Um, and I think, and we've seen this, I think, repeatedly, if you go all the way back even to like September 11th and the 0809 um, economic downturn, they're going to go whatever the cost. So what we have seen in our studies that travelers are saying, even if my financial situation isn't quite as good as it was going into COVID, I'm going to tap into savings. I'm going to do what I need to do to take that trip because I'm going to need that trip. Um, and in our most recent uh, wave of the study, which was um, just over the weekend, two thirds have indicated that they're spending time. Um, and that kind of marries with what we've seen in our onsite in terms of consideration and, and, and shopping of destinations and, and, and lodging. Um, uh, I think the other thing that is important, and, and you alluded to it a bit, is we have seen um, this recent spike um, in cases in particular parts of the country. And when we ask travelers about the factors that they will consider um, when choosing a destination, almost half of them say that they are more likely to choose a destination, 47% more likely to choose a destination with a low number of reported cases. So in recent weeks, what we've seen is that some destinations that were consistently showing double-digit week-over-week gains, um, those that saw those spikes have experienced sort of a flattening, in some cases, a, a decrease in consideration. Um, so, so we're very much in the throes of, of this pandemic, and it weighs heavily on travelers' minds. Yeah, and, um, you know, very, very good insights there too, uh, Steve, and I would agree with you. I think our data as well is showing the same types of things. Uh, we're definitely seeing consideration up, but I, but I know definitely some of the areas or the regions of the country that have been hit the hardest as of late seem to be the ones that have been, we've seen kind of a little bit of a slowing down or a pullback. Um, similar to you guys, I mean, you're at a much larger scale, but, um, you know, we measure uh, data across uh, over 200 DMO websites. Um, which allows us to be able to look at travel intent as well, specifically to DMOs. And we've seen the same type of things on our, our side. Um, similar to what you guys have provided also in your study is kind of this phased approach. Now, you, we're looking at more um, on our site with our marketing, the new normal. We've talked about uh, the phases as it relates to marketing, right? We feel like it's we're in this maintain phase, which then will come back into like a, what we're calling a rebound phase which a rebound will come back very slowly. That's where we're still living in this world of COVID without a, a, a um, really a vaccine or a cure at that time. Uh, it, it'll then evolve back into a more of a growth stage where we kind of see some return back to airline demand and things of that nature. So we've, we've done the same thing from a, a phase standpoint in regards to looking at through a marketing lens. You guys have done it more specifically uh, as it relates to more uh, on the travel uh, as an industry or as a whole type of an approach. So tell us a little bit more about the five phases of the recovery that you guys talk about in the study. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and thankfully, there are a lot of these different approaches to sort of looking at the phases that we're inevitably going to go through. As you note, ours is, is really centered on the industry as a whole. Um, destinations as well. We outlined really five phases. The first of those, um, thankfully, I, I'd like to think we're all sort of through, which was that decline phase as news and sort of concern about the pandemic really spread. And we started to see declines in, um, in traffic, in, in, in traveler volume. Um, businesses obviously felt it as we began to sort of shut down and, and, and uh, implement stay-at-home orders. Um, and then um, the second phase that we sort of define is what we call our, our plateau phase. And this is the, the, the phase where uh, travelers are staying inside, but, but we've, we've hit really the bottom in terms of that, that lack of interest or, or um, or tepidness in, in travel interest and travel activity. 
Um, and again, most, um, most of the world, um, with, with some notable exceptions, Latin America to some degree, um, Russia and parts of Africa, have also um, come through this plateau phase. Um, in the Americas, in the US in particular, um, for us, we sort of define that as March 29th when we saw sort of a bottoming out of things. Now, the next phase is what we define as the emerge phase. So, um, I, you know, I think in, this, in, in our white paper, we talk about it as sort of the crisis passing. Um, and it's clear, as you noted, you know, that that's not happened and probably won't happen um, really until we have treatments and, and vaccines. Um, but that lifting of lockdown restrictions is something that travelers have cited as being an indicator of, um, if not normalcy, at least sort of a new or temporary normalcy. Um, and, you know, this really encompasses people going back out in their own communities, visiting and supporting businesses in their home cities, maybe venturing within a two-hour drive uh, of home, something like that. Um, and then the fourth phase is, is domestic, where we really are starting to go back out um, and explore parts of our own countries. Um, in some areas um, like Europe, we talk really about um, intra-region travel. So uh, I would actually include that within that, that domestic phase. And in our research, we have found that, that travelers think about um, international flights of three to four hours in roughly the same way they think about a domestic flight. So even that level you might include in this phase four. And then the fifth phase, which is um, decidedly not happening in, 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 in the near term, is really the return to international travel, um, that, that great level of confidence that, that encourages or supports a, a traveler's decision to board that long haul flight to, to somewhere you know, far from home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you know, you know, your guys' um, you know, phased approach is, is spot on. Um, I agree with you on that. It could, we could be definitely a ways out from... Uh, really seeing any sort of even domestic demand return, rather even international. So I, we're probably um, somewhere, uh, you know, in that kind of plateau to emerge phase, right? We're probably sitting between there somewhere. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, it, it, it varies, actually. I think the thing that has been interesting about this pandemic is that we have seen some parts of the world, some parts of even our country that are in different phases of, of experiencing the pandemic. Um, and so... Um, you know, I, I'm someone who actually has taken, I started with that first two hour trip from home. Um, and then I followed that up a few weeks later with a much longer road trip. Um, and actually in about two weeks, I'll board my first flight. Um, now I, I suspect that I'm at the front end of, of, uh, of travelers, um, travel sort of, you know, it's in my, it's my business, it's in my blood. Um, but, but we are seeing those kinds of signs and, and actually this has been borne out by, um, other research that I've seen from others as well in terms of the, the way that travel will return. Yeah, good point. And certainly as we think about recovery, it's, it's certainly going to be a collaborative effort across the board. But what, you know, Steve, what role do you think destinations play in recovery specifically? Yeah, it, it, um, uh, un unfortunately, it's, it's a fairly ex extensive one, I think. I, I think that uh, destinations sit in a, a critical position at this moment. Um, and, and, and maybe that won't be surprising because I think often in times of crises, um, it, is, had, it has been DMOs that have sort of stepped in. I, I think that um, there's probably three areas that are, are particularly critical for, for all destinations. Um, the first being that they need to continue to um, really inspire and inform travelers um, who are still thinking about travel. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it really, they've never stopped. Um, and so um, they want positive stories now. They want to hear positive things. And I think destinations are in the best position to do that. At the same time, it's really important that they're working with their industry to 
um, confirm or ensure that they're implementing uh, health and safety practices that will make travelers um, feel safe and, and be safe when they're visiting the community. Um, and I think the third one is, is really around residents. Um, this is an area that um, I think DMOs really started to, to think about in the last 18 to 24 months as we've dealt with uh, responsible tourism and managing uh, tourism volume and visitor volume. Um, and I think an extension of that is the time that we're in. So really rallying and responding to resident sentiments, um, assuaging fears around visitors coming into the community and bringing the virus, um, and, and, and really um, assuring them that the industry as a whole, not just the DMO, um, are, are taking steps together to ensure that the travelers are uh, responsible when they're visiting and that they're following the behaviors and expectations of that community. Yeah, I think I think spot, spot I, you know, I on there. There's there's one other thing that I, I might add to that actually, Jason. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, we're also seeing destinations um, start to think about things like certification programs. Um, and I, I don't think that's necessarily something that every destination needs to undertake. But you know, I think um, what we're seeing um, at the state level, some destinations talking about that. We're certainly seeing some of those conversations at the country level. Um, LAX just announced a week ago that they're pursuing independent certification of their health and safety practices for travelers. So I think that's something we're, we're going to see more of. And we're starting to see it surface as a visitor expectation in some, some research as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this whole common theme, whether, whether it's a traveler, right, or it's the residents or whatnot, is that safety is, is at the forefront of all this and how we're thinking about all of these things moving forward. Um, and really, this kind of brings up the next topic I want to get into, which is really your uh, TripAdvisor's you know, Travel Safe Initiative, which I think is, is an excellent way to do this, right? It's, it's, it's an opportunity to connect uh, businesses with travelers and let them know about what's happening from a safety perspective, and then allows a community as well for those that have experienced a particular destination to share their thoughts and reviews as it relates to those topics. So I'm going to let you get into that. Tell us a little bit more about uh, your Travel Safe Initiative. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Travel Safe Initiative really grew directly out of what we were hearing um, from travelers in our research. 65% uh, of, of respondents to our studies said they wouldn't travel until they saw physical changes that really made them feel safer. And one of the things they cited was having information available on, on platforms like TripAdvisor that, that made it easy for them to understand what were the practices in place. Um, so our Travel Safe Initiative launched, I guess, about two weeks ago now for lodging. Um, a little over a week ago for restaurants, and it will launch for attractions in the next few weeks. And what it does is it, it puts the power in the business owner's hands to um, list the practices that are in place. There's a checklist. Um, we've worked with a number of different organizations and sort of building out what are the various practices um, that are recommended and that businesses are putting in place. And then the, the business um, simply indicates which of those practices they have in place. Um, that creates the ability for the traveler then to um, actually filter search results um, based on particular safety practices that are important to them um, or simply businesses that are doing anything around safety. Um, and, and then the third element, um, again, that we sort of heard directly from consumers is um, encouraging travelers to uh, talk about the health and safety practices they encounter at businesses within their review content. So we've actually amended our review submission or review collection form so that um, there's a place for travelers to share those kinds of experiences. Yeah, it's it's uh, again. I think the initiative is is a step in the right direction. Uh, it provides again both sides 
uh, to be able to uh, comment on those things. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. So then wrapping up, I think, you know, one thing we've stuck with is, is advice for DMOs out there. And again, being uh, one of the larger footprints in the travel industry, Steve, you know, what specific advice do you have for DMOs out there? Yeah, it's a critical time. And I think a lot of DMOs are really struggling with what do I do now? What do I do later? What is the timing for all of these different things? Um, you know, it, I think that one of the first things is really to kind of take a page from the past in some ways and tap into locals, uh, to, you know, to invite friends and family to visit. Uh, again, uh, multiple studies suggest that the first trips we take are going to be um, visiting friends and family that we haven't been able to see. So it's a great place to sort of enlist the local community um, uh, support in those efforts. Um, I think also um, leveraging your, you know, your CRM systems, your email list, your social channels uh, to reach those travelers who already have an affinity for um, and a familiarity with your destination, um, who also might represent some of the first um, visitors coming back. I think that's especially true if you're a destination that typically has sort of high repeat visitation, um, or if you're a destination that maybe uh, is dependent on a flight arrival, for instance, going to sort of those tried and true um, audiences with whom you have existing relationships is, is a really good place to start. Um, you know, there's probably no, no way to not make this, it sounds self-serving for TripAdvisor, but, but go where travelers are, um, where they're thinking about traveler, um, where they're demonstrating intent, and I think where they place trust. Um, you know, we've long heard, um, I think going back to the mid nineties, um, that, that, uh, content is king. I think in the environment we're in, um, that is going to be paired with trust and trust is really going to be king, um, in this environment. Um, and then I, I think, and I mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, just continuing to inspire travelers with positive stories, um, uh, you know, from the destination, be it about your people or your places, um, that really help travelers, um, have a sense of sort of positivity about the destination. It is, it's something that has come up again and again in the research that we've conducted that they're, they're looking for positive places to turn because so much of the news is um, just sort of weighing us all down. And I, I think, um, I think destinations are so well positioned to share those great, inspiring, positive sorts of stories. Yeah, I think uh, great advice, uh, Steve, there. I agree with you on the positivity. Um, it feels like this thing is, has been going on now for so long. And, and to your point, the news cycle has been, um, it feels like negative story after negative story. And I think sharing those positive stories with all of us wanting to get back to travel. So when you do have that good experience, making sure that as a destination, you're, you're finding ways to amplify that message and let people know. So Steve, thanks for coming on today and sharing that, uh, that information. And if you haven't seen it, guys, go check this stuff out. Their, their study is fantastic. Uh, participating in and, and, and sharing that with your partners around their travel safe initiative is something else you should be checking out too. So Steve, thanks again. Thank you very much, Jason. Great being with you. You bet. And thanks for tuning in. If you're not subscribed, please do so now. Uh, we are also available on Spotify and iTunes if you'd like to consume us through podcasts. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next time and have a great day. Hey.